Hello, everyone, and welcome to a Sporting Discussion Live, episode two of our uh, video adventure. Is it video these days? Andrew, it's streaming, isn't it? What do we call it? Andrew Donison, my co-host, welcome. We call it the internet, the internet of things. What is <laughs> the it? internet on In- computers. Industry 4.0. <laughs> we are here live. It is Wednesday night. It is 12 and a half minutes past 8 p.m. The Melbourne Renegades mm-hmm. have just gone down to the Perth Scorchers. And in extremely amusing uh, scenes to me, Lily Mills had taken four wickets in her first three overs. There was one over to go. The Melbourne Renegades needed 60 to win. They were never going to win. Did she get the ball to complete her last over and try and get five wickets, AJ? Nah, why? That's not an individual game. Not an individual game. (laughs) (laughs) So I had a little bit of a chuckle about that, but we are here live and we've got I've got something on the the run AJ that I've never heard of before and I'm fascinated to hear you tell me Mattress Mac Mattress Mac it's fantastic Jim Mattress Mac McIngvale over in the US um he is as it says, he sells mattresses for a living um the World Series baseball uh, just finished today with um the Atlanta Braves beating the Houston Astros in six games, six out of a possible seven. Now, Mattress Mac is known for his extravagant sports betting and what he had done back in June and then leading into the World Series, back in June is a fair effort for this because the World Series is hard to win. He bet $2 million with Caesars Casino to win $20 million. This is all in US dollars. He bet another million with FanDuel to win $10 million. And then he put 350k with Score and DraftKings to win about five million at sixteen to one. So all up. So who was he, he was going, backing? Was he backing the Houston. Atlanta Braves? He was backing he was backing, backing Houston. Houston to win. So today wasn't his day for the results of the bet. However, he stood to win 35 mil US, which is what 45, 50 odd mil Australian dollars, give or take. You know, I'm yep. just making that up. I haven't checked the exchange rate today, but. Um, he also motivated people because this is a promotion thing for him and he sold over $25 million worth of mattresses. So apparently... $25 million. Yes, in the period between the bets and him promoting the bets and all of that sort of business about the bets, uh, he has sold twenty five an apparent $25 million worth of mattresses. So after everything shakes out and keeping in, you know, considering margins and things like that that he's got, uh, and overheads, you know, all that sort of thing. He's going to clear probably about six to eight million dollars overall. Not bad. That's yeah, a, a decent, a decent little bit of marketing. It, it reminds me of the the the, the, ga- the sports sports betting companies who will do their early payouts. Now we saw one of those in the last couple of days or the last week with Incentivize being paid out early by Sportsbet. Uh, for winning the Melbourne Cup. Then the Melbourne Cup was run and won. It did not win. It came second. And the the figures that were put out, presumably by Sportsbet themselves, was that $5.6 million in winning bets was paid out on incentivise. But then they had to $50 in winning bets on the actual winner. Very elegant. Uh, But we've seen this before and we've seen it with 
We've seen it with election where they paid yeah, out last, Uncle Short and win him. Yeah, that, they did that like three weeks out from the Australian election too. That was craziness. Well, but, actually, no, at the time. AJ, at the the time, reason yeah. that they do it, the reason they do it is one, promotion. It is free, free, free marketing. And two, the majority of people who have put those bets on and then had those bets paid out early are going to then reinvest, uh, well, yeah. you know, reinvest that money and most likely they will, in, so instead of having to pay out all of it, the, the sporting bet, sports betting companies would receive some of that money back in losing bets prior to mm. the actual event happening. So yeah. well, it's look, clever. As long as, well, we as, long as, as, long as super rich people get even richer, that's what, that's what it's all about these days, isn't it? Mattress Mac did it. Sorry, the, uh, the the peril the perils of the perils of of live. I, I missed that last bit, AJ. No, just, about rich just saying being rich. Like we all say here at a sporting discussion, if a billionaire can just scrounge a few extra million dollars, then we're all for it. You know, we're for the battlers. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. It's all oh, all about the the battlers. And AJ, <laughs> can we talk a little bit about the the World Series? So. Houston Astros and the Atlanta Braves. The Atlanta Braves, since they moved their franchise to Atlanta, which I think was in 1966, it's their second World Series. They won in 1995 mm-hmm. and they won today. Now, you're not a Houston Astros fan. You're not an Atlanta Braves fan, but you are a Major League Baseball fan. You're a Chicago White Sox fan and have been for mm. as long as I can remember. <laughs> And a seven-match final series takes a bit of If your team's in it, you're invested. Sports in Australia, it's usually a one-match grand final series. So watching a, a match where your team isn't in it is a bit easier. How do you go about watching a best-of-seven series when, to put it bluntly, you don't give a rat's about the two teams in that competition that contest no you don't really i didn't watch any complete games of this world series because i don't care um it's two teams that aren't very exciting play anyway and i know that's going to annoy a lot of atlanta braves fans um but um i had no interest in it i know a lot of other people didn't have an interest in it but the ratings for the mlb Playoffs overall have absolutely through the roof, particularly with demos 16 to 34, which is what they are desperate to to hang on to um, this year because they're, you know, baseball skews old. A lot of old people watch it and they're starting to deteriorate and disappear, so they need to replenish that. Um, but it, it, it's much easier, say, if it's an AFL grand final or an NRL grand final or the Super Netball final or something like that, if it's a – because it's a one-off – you can enjoy that and do very little, um, have a big day, you know, on the cans, the game's over, everyone moves on. But um, the uh, the thing that um, doesn't work when you're a neutral for seven games, unless every single one of those seven games is absolute, an absolutely spectacular spectacle, it's hard to be in, it's hard to feel anything for especially when there's meaningless games in the middle you know <laughs> if it's you know yeah. two one or something like that you're not thinking uh, oh whatever happens next and is the, amazing you know and the deciding the deciding game six was ended up being a a seven nothing win to 
to the Braves today, wasn't all, it? All of the games except one were absolute destructions, um, which doesn't help either. And they're over, over quickly, um, <laughs> which is also not good. Um, we've just had a we've got a comment through from uh, Damien Telford saying the only interest was in seeing Houston lose after their recent shenanigans, and that's the thing. Uh, people were very interested in Houston losing because of their cheating. Uh, remember the banging the trash can lids and uh, things like that in the dugout um, when they won the World Series in 2017 against the Los Angeles Dodgers. They were watching mm. um, they were watching opposition pitchers and uh, signalling to their batters yep. when they were when they were going to um, when they were going to um, uh, throw like a fastball or something like that. So. You can see it now that we all know what was going on. The footage is really interesting, where the pitch is lining up, and just as he's just as he comes set after the catcher has made his signs, you hear this bang, <laughs> and then they go okay, and whatever happens. And usually, what happens next is like a big hit, a home run, or a decent hit that got got a run in, or something like that. It, it was quite interesting, quite interesting. It was very good. And so, baseball is a sport where there is the communication between the the catcher and the pitcher and they sort of have a a bit of a a handsy conversation about what pitch is going to be thrown and we see that on the screen at home but presumably and obviously because of of what you've described there it's always just been a no-no for the the team at bat to try to to capture and decipher that is that is that the issue like no one else has done that before the most interest oh everybody Everybody does it in baseball. Okay. <laughs> the only thing was that they got caught doing it because it was so brazen. Um, the what's the saying? There's a saying in baseball: if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Um, I mean, it's <laughs> a game that has it's the game that has stolen bases in it. You're trying to you're always trying to get an advantage over um, the team you're playing against. So, yeah, that's um, they should you know teams are still doing that. You can look at an iPad in the dugout and. Look at the uh, what was happening there with um, the pitcher and all that sort of thing straight after you've been into to bat. So the next time you go up, you know exactly what this looks like and what that looks like. Um, mm. That's under the pretense of oh, we just want to see what your swings like and how you handled that at bat. But it's all about making you know watching the pitcher's mannerisms and things like that. Um, so yes, so Houston, Houston, a big bunch of dirty cheats. Um, <laughs> their coach, oh, look, that's it's true. It's true. There's, there's no no debate about it. Um, which we'll but you just said that everyone into does our, it into our into our section a little bit later on. Yeah, but they they did it during the World Series and they stole a championship with it. That's different to oh, the Arizona Diamondbacks it trying out. it. Leave it out. <laughs> I, the Diamondbacks tried it in, in week seven of the season and we, when they lost the first yeah. six games and they don't get. Nah, I'm not having that. No, they, yeah, that was there was a lot of self there was a lot of self righteousness in the aftermath from people whose teams are also doing exactly what Houston are doing, just in more in sorry in less uh, obvious ways. Yes, yeah. that will segue nicely into our section later, but we will get to that later about the poor behaviour that you would want to tolerate. There's yes, a teaser for you all. So before we go to Paul. Poor behaviour, AJ. Let's go to good behaviour. Let's go to really, really good start to someone's career, and that's Josh Giddy. So I'm I'm not a, a huge NBA follower. However, 
I've been reading all these articles saying that Josh Giddy, one of the four rookie of the year, um, and then the obviously ridiculous things of, oh, who needs Ben Simmons? Let's all get behind <laughs> Josh Josh Giddy. So Josh Giddy drafted to the Oklahoma City Thunder in the uh, pick six in the 2021 NBA draft. And in the games that he's played so far this year, averaging 11.3 points, 5.7 rebounds and 5.9 assists. He's had a, I assume that it's called, a, if, it, if there's a triple-double, obviously there's a double-double. So he's had a double-double and he, he's he been playing excellent basketball from all reports. Is he just a decent kid that's burst onto the scene and will get found out or is he the real deal? Uh, are we? Are we? Is, is Josh Giddy going to be the next version of Lin Sanity, or is he? Is he really the the next big thing? Well, he started really well, hasn't he? It's, it's a fantastic start to an NBA career, and um, some eyebrows were raised when he was drafted that high because, um, well, no one in the US had ever heard of him. He was big news in the W in the NBL um, mm-hmm. here in Australia, but. Um, yeah, the, uh, I he showed some signs in the preseason games with some his, his passing is the real what sets him aside from people of the same the same height and same position. Um, plus, he's you know he's putting in the points when he needs to, but him being able to accommodate other players and he's I think he's got he, oh, I can't remember off the top of my head, but he's getting something like a um, five point uh, five point nine assists a game, but. Part of them, including the double doubles, have been records for Oklahoma rookies um, for you know fastest to certain number of assists and that sort of thing. I can't remember off the top of my head, but um, so it's. I guess what would you say if you if you knew about him already, you'd say it wasn't a surprise mm. because you were confident he could do it. But when anyone does that in the NBA, it is a surprise, and also. Just to put things into perspective, 11 points, five rebounds and five assists are good, but not great numbers. For a rookie, they're pretty good. Um, it's whether he can keep that going over the next few years. That'll be um, – well, it won't even be keep that going. It'll be pump them up over the next few years. That, that's, and that's, you, when you, your money, that's when your money comes and that's when your trade value comes and you can get the hell out of Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, so Oklahoma, who are wonks at the moment, so not not ideal. But you said that anyone who was watching the the NBL would know about him, and that's that's because he signed with Adelaide Thirty Sixers as part of the the NBL's Next Stars program, developing the draft prospects. And there's been a couple of American players that have come over to to do that. And he was the first Australian player to be part of the program. But he turned down offers from NCAA Div 1 programs to, to stay in Australia. That's probably not going to happen so much in, in the future years. Would that be right to say? Because they're starting to allow NCAA players to, to make some money and whether whether that's just through, I think it's just through the, the sponsorship, they're starting to loosen that up a little bit, aren't they? Yeah. Um, college players can now make money off their likeness, which they weren't never able to before and they're not, they're not allowed to be paid for, the, for playing either. 
So they've just loosened up the rules around uh, players being able to make money off their likeness, as in sell sell merch with them on it. Um, so that's mm-hmm. different to how it was. So they're able to make a bit more money there, but um, the NBA Future Stars program, when um, Lamelo Ball came out here uh, with Illawarra uh, a couple of years ago, um, and a couple of other. Um, Players have come out as well. Terence Ferguson was one who played with Adelaide. Um, he's, he went to Oklahoma too. Um, the NBA then started up their G League again um, and fixed that so that would be paying younger players who were one and dones in college or who didn't want to go to college for a year. Um, they could play pro, pro basketball for a year there and then go into the draft. So... There's, it's, it was a great move by the NBL to get good young players out here. Has it worked? Yes, because there's two, there's what three or four players in the NBA who did the did it over here, but there's also several who were here who aren't in the NBA anymore. So, fifty fifty is still still successful if you're getting people if you're working people through your system. Um, uh, so it'll be. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what's planned for the NBL. I haven't had a proper look yet about. Um, future stars going forward because I know that the when it comes to money versus money, there's no way the NBL is going to be able to compete with um, Europe or the D-League or anything like that um, if, if it opens up to younger players. So, Andrew, that's Josh Giddy in the NBA. Uh, what else mm-hmm. do we have? Or is it time to move on to our big, big subject? No, not just yet. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about something which we'll – hopefully discuss in a lot more detail next week or the week after. But it's worth mentioning that concussion is again playing havoc with young Victorian cricketer Will Pekovsky. So Pekovsky made his Australian debut last year in the Sydney test against India, made 62 in the first innings, 10 in the second innings, and then popped his shoulder out and needed a complete um reconstruction there which wasn't ideal especially after he had suffered I think to that stage nine concussions in his career some of those through cricket some in the field some while batting and then others whilst playing junior football and whilst kicking a footy around I think either at school or just down the park with friends so he's had a history and about three weeks ago, I think it might have been four weeks ago, he got hit in the head again. And mm. he, so it was, yeah, Tuesday, October the 5th. So four weeks ago, got hit in the head uh, at training and missed last week's Sheffield Shield season opener for Victoria against New South Wales. And they said, no, no, it's all right. He's recovering really well. We're expecting him to train and then play. So she'll be sweet. And then Victorian coach Chris Rogers came out today and said he hasn't quite recovered as well as hoped for this game from the concussion. In discussions with the medical team and national selectors, it was felt that we'd give him a bit more time before he's selected to play for Australia. So I think that that sentence is really interesting because it's the medical team and the selectors, and it's about giving him more time before he's selected to play for Australia. I would think that you want to give him more time until he is able to effectively go about his life with yeah. no uh, issues. 
the last thing they should be worrying about at the moment is whether Will, when Will Pukowski is going to be back playing cricket. Um, <clears throat> there is, I mean, we've, we've lost count. It's 10 times now. Um, we've spoken about him and the impact that concussion can have um, on a kid who's so young or on anyone who gets hit like that. Um, it's just, it, it ain't good. So there's, we're going to have to, um, there's going to need to be serious discussions about what he does with his life going forward, sporting wise, um, because he just keeps getting hit in the head and he just keeps getting concussed. And, you know, bowlers will feel bad about it, but they're going to keep bowling to him high, you know, short stuff because they know he can't play it. Yeah. So yeah, you can't, you can't not bowl short to someone. And, Honestly, I don't think that he has a huge technical issue playing the short ball. The one that he got hit in the head, I think it was probably in the Sydney test, looked really awkward. He sort of mm. went to play a pull shot and then ducked into it. That, that looked awkward. But he's not someone who is a complete nut of bunny who doesn't, like, just doesn't mm. know what to do when the short ball's coming. I, I do wonder whether some people are more susceptible to a knock on the head turning into a concussion, uh, whereas others may not be. So we've seen in the AFL, Paddy McCartan, he had to uh, take some time out. And I think he'd say medically retire from AFL level, even though he was still trying to, uh, to make various comebacks. But he not only got them from being hit in the head, he got one from just a whiplash running back with the flight of the ball and then crashing into a couple of players and the whiplash gave him concussion. We saw uh, Ash Gardner in the WBBL two seasons ago. She got concussed while she was diving to stop a ball on the boundary. So there's a whole range of reasons why someone can get concussed. And yeah, we've spoken previously to Associate Professor Alan Pierce, and we'll hopefully be able to do so in the coming weeks to mm. just to talk a little bit more about how the brain recovers because the AFL board in the 12-day concussion protocol, so if you uh, concussed, you must miss 12 days, a lot of experts are still saying that that is nowhere near long enough and that should be four weeks uh, at least that players are missing. But mm. it's, yeah, it's difficult. And uh, Chris Rogers, to, to his credit, he did say, um, you know, we want we – want Will Pekoski to be playing cricket in three to five to ten years' time. It's not about the now. That's true. Mm. But what is about the now is his own personal health and well-being, and that's got to be paramount. And, geez, it is a real tough one, and you, you don't want to be the person to make the decision on someone's career based on health, health grounds like that. Yeah. Well, let's see. Let's see if we can get Alan Pierce on next week or someone to talk about um, the long-term effects and the recovery and those sort of things. But yeah, it's mm-hmm. it ain't good. Every when you're hearing about the same fellow with the same problem year after year after year, um, at what point does someone say to him, "Mate, you got you got to give it away"? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. So we will revisit it's, it's that. Hard. We will revisit that next week. But until then, it is time to go to our big topic, Andrew. And Let's do it. Is, 
what level of poor behaviour should you tolerate or should a club tolerate before the sacking happens? As a fan, what level of bad behaviour are you willing to cop from your team or a player uh, or the league um, maybe uh, before you say, all right, that's it, I'm out. Um, Now, what's inspired this session has been uh, Jordan Degoe's exploits, uh, AFL player Jordan Degoe's exploits around New York. Uh, where he has found himself in a dust-up in a nightclub um, and was charged with forcible touching and some uh, uh, assault-related offences. The forcible touching has since been dropped, that charge, so he still faces a raft of uh, assault-related charges, according to the event. But there's also been, just today... um, Penrith Panthers in the NRL sacked Tyrone May, who was a back who played for them. Uh, He, in 2019, pleaded guilty to four counts of intentionally recording an intimate image without consent, and uh, he got a three-year good behaviour bond and was ordered to perform 300 hours of community service, and the magistrate who handled his case said he should have gone to prison, um, and he was incredibly lucky that he didn't. Now, today... Penrith sacked him uh, because after their grand final win in October, he did an Instagram post with a photo of him coming out of court next to his coach Ivan Cleary and some lyrics from Drake uh, along the lines of they threw dirt on my name and I grew through it and what are you all going to do about it, you know. So uh, he, he obviously thought he was being, you know, gangster, um, you know, I don't care what any of you think, all that sort of stuff. But what was most disappointing, considering what he was in trouble for, was that all of his teammates were responding to that post saying, yeah, you know, we got your back, you got our back, you know, all of that sort of stuff. And oh. as a remind, let me remind you, that was for four counts of intentionally recording an intimate image without consent in that he filmed himself and a woman being intimate, and then released it onto the internet. And that woman's life has not been the same since. Um, uh, and he's, That's yeah, horrible. He said that the, the, woman, the woman who was recorded uh, said she's t- suffered a traumatic response, which is just horrible. But because mm. he was a footballer and because they were good around him, uh, he was treated like uh, with kid gloves by the Panthers until today when he was of no use to them anymore and it would cost them nothing to get rid of him because his contract is up. So I'd love to know what Penrith fans have wanted him gone for a long time, Um, but there's trickiness in there in that he is dating the coach's daughter. He is best friends with Nathan Cleary, who is one of the best players in the NRL, and Nathan Cleary's put out a thing today saying, I got you back, you're always my brother, all that sort of of stuff. So Nathan Cleary also had had his own problems last year where he... Um, was busted on TikTok uh, flouting the coronavirus lockdown rules, dancing with a whole bunch of girls in his room. And then he lied to Penrith about what had happened and he lied to the NRL investigators about what had happened and he went out and lied to the media about what had happened and got busted three days later that he was lying and basically skated on it all. So um, it's... If I'm a Panthers fan and I'm seeing that sort of behaviour being encouraged, and in the lead-up to the grand final, um, there were articles coming out saying that Tyrone May's business in 2019, plus a couple of other, there were some really bad um, sexual 
uh, related things going on around Penrith um, videos and those sort of things that um, mm. the club was in trouble for in 2019. It really affected them on and off the field. But they they're calling that some sort of bonding um, thing where they all you know got oh, around no. each other and this is this is what got us together and built our culture and blah blah blah. But their culture was on display when May did that post and then his teams his teammate teammates responded to that and just how they've basically dealt with it afterwards so i would love to hear from penrith fans what they think of it because they wanted may gone like i said but um when it's someone like nathan cleary who's a great player one of the best was best on ground in the grand final obviously they're they're not going to say oh well, well yeah oh he'll learn his lesson he'll do better you know tyron may get out nathan cleary no you're you know you just be careful be careful next time so the NRL, they, they bought in a policy, uh, when was, was it a couple of years ago, the, the no-fault no stand-down policy. So mm. the players are automatically stood down should they face charges resulting in prison sentences of 11 years or more. Now, mm. I, on the face of it, I quite like that policy. It seems, seems like a, a decent policy. I think there were, was it... Jack, and it has been challenged in court twice and knocked back both times. The the NRL have won both times. So it is rock solid. Yeah. And, tight. <laughs> and, and I think that that's, a, that that's a really good policy for the NRL themselves to have. Put that in place and say, right, you do something stupid. There, there's a sliding scale. There absolutely is a sliding scale of, of things that you can do so let's go one that you brought up last week was luke hodge getting pulled over mm. and um drink getting done for drink driving so he blew yes. 0.068 the the fine was 450 dollars and 10 demerit points so was it during that final series or just before a final series okay it was just before i think it was just before the last round of the season which he was suspended okay. for yeah. anyway right. uh so yeah any club suspension was you couldn't have played that anyway. Mm. So that's at your your lower end of things where you just you just don't do it. Absolutely don't do it. But it's not a sackable offence by mm. the club. Through to things like you've just talked about with Penrith and May there, like just no, mate. Yeah, that's horrible <laughs> stuff. And the club. So I, I have some. I, I don't know. I have thoughts and I'm trying to sort of put piece them <laughs> together. But a lot of people try to say that, oh, sporting people are not, they're not meant to be someone that you look up to. They're not meant to, to be your, you know, the, the, but, but they are. Like, no mm. matter what people say. Yeah. It's a stupid thing when people say sport people aren't role models because they absolutely That's the one. are. Yeah. 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 And if someone does something, whether it be on the field or off the field, Others will do it. Mm. So that goes from Glenn Maxwell hits a reverse switch hit for six, go down to the nets at the next junior footy, uh, junior cricket training, all the kids are trying reverse switch hits. Then you see someone do something completely horrible off the field, and of course they get, people are going to look at that and go, oh, hang on, that's been accepted by the club as being okay. So therefore, Celebrated. am I allowed? <laughs> yeah, like everyone, as you said, they all got around got around him post-grand final. So, look, good that they've sacked him 
now. Uh, certainly should have done that earlier, you would have thought. The mm. Jordan Degoe story has been fascinating to follow for the last couple of weeks. And you mentioned this on ABC Central Victoria on Monday morning this week, how there's almost been a PR offensive by the Jordan Degoe camp prior to this um, mm. uh, th- this event happening. Con- where he's in a contract year. Yeah, and he's gone over to America. He's doing like intense personal training. He's going to come back and he's going to be the next Dustin Martin and the next Christian Petrarca. But then he and his tattooist who had travelled across with him went out uh, for that, that night. I think it was a, a Halloween party. And he's done things that you just can't do. You absolutely cannot go around touching people when they do not want to be touched. So mm. that's what he's been charged with. And as you said, charges have, some of those charges have been dropped, uh, but the others he still has to face court, I think, on December the 6th. Collingwood have stood him down and said, righto, you can't come in to use our facilities or anything. He's in America, so he's not going to use those. But is it easy for them to do that because it's the off-season and if it was something that happened during the season what would they do? This is not the first time mm. that Jordan Degoe has had an accusation and a charge levelled against him. So at what point do clubs go, this is, I guess there's a couple of things, this is not worth it for us? Or secondly, mm. you are behaving terribly, reprehensibly, and we just don't want that linked to, we don't, we don't want to be linked to you. You should not be celebrated and applauded after having done things like that. And then, as you said, what about the fans? Where's the mm. fans' line? Is the fans' line separate from the club's line? Well, I would think that – I was hoping that the Collingwood fans' line um, was, well, he's got to go. The the uh, Is the trouble worth the investment, basically? Mm. And uh, I'm not sure I'm convinced that Jordan Degoe's uh, – is worth the investment for Collingwood, but I am not a Collingwood fan, so that's not what I think. Um, uh, I guess the yeah is the trouble is their trouble worth how good they are? Is he is at his job, and right now the answer is no. Um, his his entire career at the moment has been on what he could be rather than what he actually is, and he has the occasional fantastic game, but so does pretty much anyone else in the AFL. Um, but he I think doesn't is do it, it enough. Is it so even I more think, than? Yeah. Is it even more than that? Is, is it who who cares about what he can and can't do on a football field? Is there a level of of charge and a level of offence where? Uh, sorry, there is. There has to be a level of offence where a club just goes, get out. We we don't care who you are. We that is not behaviour that we tolerate. Uh, as I said, there is that sliding scale of, of things that players have done. There's been players that have been stood down for, and they've got their 12-month ASADA suspension and clubs have either kept them on the list or delisted them and, and redrafted them. There's various other instances, uh, and I think there's a couple that, that you're going to mention, and one maybe that happened that sort of happened in the last couple of days over mm. in the States where... It's just an automatic thing. And, and look, I get that, that there is there's natural justice and people do need to go through the, the criminal system 
and Jordan will have his day in court. But what? At what? Well, what? Point look, does what's, the club just say, "Nah, get out." Well, that's what's going to make it extra tricky for Collingwood is that with the way things work over in the US, there is a strong chance that he will get off or that the charges will be dropped or reduced to a lesser thing, or he'll be able to settle. You can't do that in Australia. Um, well, you can't do it to the extent you can in the US in Australia. Okay. So there is a very, very strong chance that he's going to well, – well, let's not say very, very strong chance, but there's a chance that he's going to get away without charges that of the seriousness he's in now. We've seen the forcible touching one has already gone. So that makes Collingwood's job even tougher. Because if he comes back and says, well, obviously it's all a misunderstanding, mm. um, you know, I shouldn't have been, I shouldn't have been in the nightclub. But on the other hand, I'm not actually under under your um, contractual. You know, he's on leave. Um, he's been on leave since October, so it's a reputation. Yeah, but he's still he's calling. still a representative of the club, though. No matter no matter whether mm. he's there or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Well, look, if I was Collingwood, I'd get him out of there. I know I thought Collingwood fans would agree with getting him out of there. Um, but listening to some talkback radio about this topic, uh, they are very quickly uh, going to the the defence of Jordan to go with anything and everything. Um, yeah, so if Collingwood sack him, there will be a bit of a bit of a rubble rubble but the next question is and it's the same with Tyrone May like we've been talking about next club to pick him up or even the club to show interest um, is going to get shredded by their fans and the media and everyone else because uh, some people Jordan to go he's had a lot of chances Tyrone May had a lot of chances Tyrone May should have been gone two years ago um, but um, yeah it's just it's an interesting situation, isn't it? And as as a as a fan, how do, how do you how do you deal with that? How do you deal with it when you've you've got someone like that who is constantly in the drama, and your club already is in trouble because of a report that came down last year um, saying that the culture was uh, the culture was quite poor and it was basically racist. So. Collingwood have an image problem they're trying to fix, and Jordan Degoe's um, not making it easy for them to uh, to do it. Uh, yeah, and I, I'm a Hawthorne supporter. So last year, Jonathan Patton actually was it mm. God, was it last year or was it this year? All of the times have just blended into one. Jonathan Patton had a whole range of inappropriate behaviour towards women and um, mm. some of those came out um, some of those didn't and he he was stood down immediately so he's stood down but then he was admitted to hospital uh, citing mental health concerns he then took some time away from the club or was stood down so was away from the club and announced his retirement from the game so he wasn't necessarily sacked by Hawthorne, but mm. they stood him down. I think and then I, I expect Hawthorne a had later. a. I expect Hawthorne, Hawthorne played a big role in him deciding that it was time to retire. Yes, and nearly every single Hawthorne supporter that I know and spoke to was like, "Well, he's got to go." 
you can't be mm. doing what he's doing. Like it is, you, you can't be doing it just in general. Like it was just mm. gross. Yeah, it's but, just shocking. Yeah. So what if it's it, your well, what if it's your club, Andrew? And let's say West Coast Eagles in the AFL. Um, serious drug problems for years that were covered up by um, senior uh, senior figures because they were doing well um, and they were winning premierships. And we've just seen the one you referred to, the Chicago Blackhawks in the NHL, National Hockey League, over in the States. It, it has come to light. This is, a, this is a shocking, shocking story. It came to light that um, a player had been sexually assaulted by one of the coaching staff and then his career had been threatened that um, if he spoke up about it, he would be delisted. Now, at the time, um, the Chicago Blackhawks, this is in 2010, and they were in the run of a Stanley Cup charge and they ended up winning um, the Stanley Cup. And one of the things that happens when you when a team wins the Stanley Cup, um, Kyle Re- Beach, the player is um when you win the stanley cup in the nhl every person in the organization gets one day with the trophy and they can do what they like with it and the guy oh, okay. who has been the guy who has been accused of um sexually assault assaulting beach um got one day with the cup and took it to a children's um hospital so right and the club knew that these allegations had been made, but they knocked it aside. And um, Beach was twenty at the time, and um, oh, they, the Blackhawks delayed any action because they were in the the playoff run. And they've also um, they also kind of leaked against him, saying he was a flighty player who was difficult to manage, and journo's were calling him a head case and all that <laughs> sort of thing. So. And now we're looking back on it, and he was being sexually assaulted by one of the coaching staff. Now, Chicago, this has been an absolute massive bomb over in the States, but particularly in Chicago where the Blackhawks are huge and people Mm. are walking away from the club um, in droves, but just as many are holding on even more tightly and saying, you know, oh, well, they're going to be better, you know, they're going to do better than that, you know, oh, it's his fault, you know, someone, something else should have happened. But, you know, because people tie themselves so so strongly to their club and their sporting identity that when something like this happens, you can't just go, well, that's it, I'm out. Yeah. So that's that's where the club has their issues and their processes and they have to deal with things in a certain way. And then you've got the fans and fans, as you said, being able to rationalise certain behaviours, it is fascinating. It, it's astonishing, isn't it? What we can, I mean, we, we were joking around last week about my beautiful Canberra Raiders having just a string of alcohol-related issues. Um, and now mm. they've, 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 um, they've recruited another fella this week um, Adam Elliott, who got sacked by the Bulldogs for getting getting boozed and once one too many times. So, God, I mean, that's that really stretches the friendship. Yeah, that that just seems like you're you're welcoming issues down the track. Uh, if you've got yeah, if you've got someone that you know has potentially 
or has caused issues previously at other clubs. Mm. Do you want them in your club? Like, not saying that they're definitely going to do it, but every every club thinks they have the culture to be able to rehabilitate people because oh, their course. talent their talent outweighs the risk. And often players like this will come in on small money and things like that. But the risk does not outweigh the reward when it comes to the club's reputation. Now the Blackhawks got fined two million dollars, which is chicken feed, for inadequate internal procedures and insufficient and untimely response. Um, and Joel Queneville, who was the coach at the time, he's now was now coaching the Florida Panthers and he got fired from that role because of his part that he played in that. So there's been massive punishment and the NHL um, commissioner is in all sorts of trouble as well. He's really getting buried for how he handles it, how he's handling it as well because Everything he's saying is so manicured and careful that because he doesn't want to get his league involved uh, legally at all. Um, but it's yeah, so you're going from your club covering up something as bad as sexual abuse and then moving that into the league trying to do what they can to stay the hell away from it because they don't want they don't want to get dragged in and um, get their reputation done as well but it's too late their reputation is done so mm. I would have thought if you're a if you're a Chicago Blackhawks fan you'd be well justified to just say, all right well I'm, I'm out I'm not gonna I'm not gonna uh, watch you guys anymore I'm gonna find something else to do with yeah. my time invest, yeah, invest that, my that, emotions somewhere else yeah that that behavior is Absolutely unacceptable. And, and look, we're seeing mm. we're seeing that in in Australia at the moment. So there's a lot going on in, with football Australia. So um, uh, allegations made by by Lisa Devanna, mm. and there's a, an independent investigation into the treatment of female footballers. Uh, I don't extend me back at least twenty years. So there's you know, sexual harassment, indecent assault, grooming, and bullying, which. What I found interesting with this was I was reading an article about the the Royal Commission into Institutional Responses to Child Sexual Abuse. It had its own section on sport. It heard from 408 survivors um, from and about 340 sport and rec bodies across Australia, and. Mm. It said it noted that sports organisations sometimes were blinded by their missions and that reports have come out about swimmers, female soccer players, gymnastics and women's hockey. So in the first, and Sport Integrity Australia um, requires sports to refer any foul play of any kind to them for investigation. So sports investigating themselves are done. In the first 12 months of Sports Integrity Australia being set up to receive those kind of things, 600 matters involving 61 sports were reported. So it's deep. It is so That's deep. That's horrible, and isn't it? That's horrible. Yeah. 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 And the we saw... Um, yeah, the, the big ones in recent times have been around the, the Australian swimming team and obviously the, the women's football team. So mm. hopefully those investigations uh, are There's able to... Gym, gymnastics some, and hockey as well. Yes, um, yep. Well, pretty bad recent ones too, yeah. Yeah, so look, all we want from from those is for the investigation to actually 
get to the nub of the issue and say, no, this is what happened. This is bloody wrong. You need to make sure this doesn't happen again. Like how mm. it could happen is beyond me. But And you've got to go. Yeah. yeah. But we've seen the, the responses to these sort of reports and investigations previously by sporting associations and sporting leagues that – have just been completely inadequate. And mm. I'm not going to go into this one, but the Yorkshire Cricket Club being like the racism around mm. uh, the, I think it was uh, one of their players, Azim Rafiq's allegations of, of racism. And it's horrible reading out the like reading the things that have come out of the, that investigation. And then you look at the response from the club and it's just like disgustingly inadequate. So, mm. yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll stop on that one because it's <laughs> well, the money, the money, horrible. the money talks, the money talks and the wanting to stay in their job talks, but um, it does. I would, it does. Hope, I would hope going forward that, um, more people are able to get punted when things like this happen and that it's not met by roars of disapproval from fans and um, members. I think that would, you know, there's no <laughs> – when someone's got to go, they've got to go. And, yeah, no amount of sooking or complaining about how good they are at their sport or or how good they are at administrating a sport um, is going to can cover that. No, completely agree. So, mm. AJ, that was a bit heavy. Can I move on mm. to questions without notice and talk about something that I can see in front of me? You can probably see in front of you as well as you are the person who is wearing it. I want to talk about merchandise, sporting merchandise, and particularly I'd, I'd like to, to have yes, a conversation. I'm familiar with, I'm familiar with it. Yeah, so I want to have a conversation with you about exactly how many pieces of different sporting uh, paraphernalia and merchandise, so whether it be soccer shirts or rugby shirts or, or hoodies that you have around for different sporting teams because you could wear almost one uh, for the different every day of the week, if if I'm not mistaken. And I, I love uh, it. Yeah. Oh, okay. If you were gonna, if you were if you were to ask me, Andrew, how much sports merch is enough? The answer is not not a never. There's no answer. There's no limit. Um, yeah, yeah. I own probably too much sporting merch. Oh no 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 no! Don't say that. Yeah. No no. I, I only say too much because it's it's so difficult to wear it. You know, through the week. Yeah. So yeah yeah. <laughs> how many Canberra Raiders jerseys? Do you think you own? We're we're not talking five, are we? No, I think got oh, one was a double figures. Does that count? Does it count? Sorry? that one was a present. Does it count that one was? Yeah, a yeah, present? you still own it. Oh yeah, that's true. All right, and then, and then I got one, four. Oh, is that all? Oh, I'm disappointed. Mm. Ask me how many oh. Raiders training tops I've got. Oh right! How many Raiders training? <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a full kit wanker. I don't walk around wearing a Raiders jumper on the street. We're a training top. <laughs> it's the oh. it's the male it's the male active wear. Yes. Yeah. I, I I won't deny that. That's good. But one, yeah, of, so one I, of the best one of the best times I've had was in a supermarket once when um 
I was wearing um, a Raiders top and like white socks shorts or something like that. And a fella walked in wearing a Collingwood polo and Collingwood tracksuit pants and a Collingwood cap. And I looked at him and thought, well, wanker coming in here with his bloody full kit. And then I, and then I just checked myself and went, oh, yeah, I'm, I too am wearing, and I am wearing a mix of three different sports teams and leagues. So who's the wanker? There's. Well, so, and I think it's something that has been raised a lot and it comes up predominantly around finals times where people love to go to the games wearing their gear and love to walk around the streets wearing their gear. And it's you know, how old is too old to be wearing your, your team's jumper and blah, blah, blah. Like, absolutely, there is no upper limit no. To, to that. No. I've, I have, I do actually, I have four Hawthorne jumpers. I've got, a, I've got three Eastlake Footy Club jumpers from what I played there. I've got <laughs> two uh, Recklink Community Cup Jumpers from playing those games. Oh, they're great. I, they're great. Yeah, they're beautiful. I have a Melbourne Heart jersey, not Melbourne City, a Melbourne Heart jersey. And I think that's all. So yeah, I, I've got one. I've got, a, I've got know, a lot, but I don't have as vacuum, much as you. You know those vacuum bag things, space bags, yep. whatever they're called? I've got three of them in my cupboard full of merch from around the place. Random ABL baseball <laughs> stuff I've bought. I've got for for some reason I've got a Sydney Sydney Blue Sox Korea Night jersey celebrating <laughs> South Korea, um, an Adelaide Bite Canteen jersey where that was an accident where I put a bid on to try and bump up the amount and end up winning. <laughs> As in the canteen, like what the canteen people wear? No, can, the anti anti cancer. Oh, um, right, team can, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Man, uh, I'd so, really like you to to get a um, an Adelaide Bite canteen worker polo shirt. <laughs> Celebrating canteen workers. Oh, that's an idea. Yes. Man, no. So I own too much merch, but I'm never going to stop buying it. Yep. Because what else am I going to do with my life? <laughs> that is a really good question. Really good question. <laughs> one, one that is unable to, to be answered. <laughs> do, do you do you have a question without notice, AJ, or shall we wrap up? One very quick one, mm-hmm. and we have now three minutes to go before we wrap up. So you have All right. one minute to tell me why Australia's 2020 World Cup campaign is salvageable. Why is it salvageable? Well, because mm. they can beat the West Indies and Bangladesh and then if South Africa lose to England, they'll make the semi-final because there's no quarterfinals. It goes straight to the semi-final. And if Australia makes the semi-finals, then it's been a, a successful tournament because our last two T20 tours to the West Indies and to Bangladesh were 4-1 and then 4-0 or 5-0 defeats. We're not very good at T20 cricket, but still just good enough to be able to be in that, above the the middling teams, below the good teams, our sele- team selection are, are we, is are we not team selection is terrible? Good? Tactics are terrible. Are we not very good, or are we not very good, or are we just do we just not take it seriously as other? Oh no, they take do. it seriously. They take it seriously, but we've got good cricketers. We've got very good cricketers. It's just that our T Twenty tactics are wrong, and that means that our selection is wrong. And it means that our in-game 
choices are wrong about who, when, who should bat where, who should bowl to who. But we go into ga- various games with five opening bats, two wicket keepers, and four fast bowlers. And so, well, that's not how you win a, a T20 game. So, no, nah, the tactics why, have always been Why would wrong. they do that? Let's, let's revisit this next week when Australia are either bundled out or preparing for the final. Uh, of the 2020 World Cup. Yes, all right. So that might do us for episode two of a sporting discussion live. Thanks for tuning in. Um, uh, Don't forget we're on your Twitter at ASD underscore radio or facebook.com slash a sporting discussion. That's where everyone's watching tonight. Uh, We're setting up a couple of future things into the pipeline, which will be pretty good fun. Um, And uh, you'll need a YouTube account for that, Andrew, so we'll sort all that out going um, don't forget, Andrew is 7.15am Monday mornings on Triple R's Breakfast is giving the sports wrap of the week. Uh, I am on ABC Central Victoria, 7.35am now. It used to be 9.15, now 7.35. Uh, tune in to Dono on Triple R with – do you do it on demand or do you – 102.7FM, what's your preferred way to promote However it? However anyone would like. So 102.7 if you're in Melbourne or on the Triple R website or if you're a real a sporting discussion ultra, you can go and listen back to uh, on the oh yeah, on the on-demand page of, of Triple R. <laughs> yeah, As, AJ, I yeah. listen to you. I'm, I'm through the tune-in app because when I, when I go to my radio – it doesn't give me ABC Central Victoria. So tune in radio app gets me there and it is beautiful. Yeah. 91.1 FM ABC Central Victoria or the ABC Listen app, Andrew. There you go. Search for ABC Central yes. Victoria. That's worth doing. Thanks, everybody. Uh, if you are listening to the audio version of this, thank you. You did miss a bit in the middle where Andrew's internet cut out and he had to go and switch from one room to the other. But um, there's more coming for a sporting discussion. It's good to be back blowing out the cobwebs um, and having a bit of fun and looking at my giant chins and your air conditioner. We'll, we'll work all this out, Andrew. So don't worry about it. Thanks I, I for watching, it's everybody. Gotta, it's got to be natural. You've got to be able to see the blinds and the air conditioner <laughs> behind me. I, I was a little bit disappointed when I was in the other room where the lights were. You couldn't see my other air conditioning unit. I know Brad last time was very interested in that, and I was hoping to show him what it was. But you know, these are these are the sacrifices we need to make. <laughs> I don't, I don't know what the rules are, but maybe we can do a live show while some sporting event is going on but, and just have it on in the background and not commentate. I know what the rules are. Just, you can't commentate it, but you can just discuss it. Is that, you is can that right? certainly describe. You, you are 100% within your rights to describe something that you have seen on television. Perfect. And with can't the call it live. The internet, we're on a delay. <laughs> All right. Thanks for watching and thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we will be back next week. <laughs>